what the Lord's laid on our heart. Looking back into the book of Philippians, we'll look into Philippians chapter 2 and uh, had this for last week, but Brother Evis was here and that was a blessing and uh, excited to share it with you tonight. We continue our thought in the series, Fellowship in the Gospel. Fellowship is a blessing, ain't it? It's a blessing. And uh, one of the few things we can truly find joy in is fellowship with our brethren, sisters in Christ. And how good he is to us that we have brothers and sisters in Christ that we can fellowship with. Uh, how lonely it would be if it were just one that felt the pain of a hardship. How lonely it would be if it were just one that felt the sting of uh, things we can't understand. It would be lonely, wouldn't it? We have fellowship in Christ, and our fellowship is expected, and our fellowship is rewarded, and such is the fellowship in the work of the ministry together. It's a blessing that we can get along, and we can uh, shake hands and love on one another and talk to one another, but we're expected and required to work together, and so that's what we'll look at tonight with the help of the Lord. My heart is blessed as we were singing this morning about being blessed and how I saw our two sides of our church coming together and people talking and shaking hands and loving on one another. My heart was just filled with joy uh, seeing that. And I've said before and I'll say again, it's the mark of a healthy church is by the sounds after service uh, or before service in that case. When people are happy and joyful and loving on each other, that shows that we're fellowshipping together as we're required. And uh, I, I've been places where when it's over, it's dead. And I've, I've been in buildings bigger than this, and it's dead quiet. Uh, it's kind of scary. And uh, I was just thinking, well, I get to leave here and don't have to come back. And uh, we want to we wanna fellowship together in spirit and truth and, and worship the Lord. And, uh, and so we'll look tonight on fellowshipping together and how that applies to working together. So we'll look beginning in uh, chapter 2, beginning in verse number 19. Paul's talking yet to these, or continuing to talk to these Philippians. And he says in verse 19, he says, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send, send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. But ye know the proof of him, that as a son with a father he hath served with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, and companion in labor, and fellow soldier, but your messenger, and he that ministered to my wants. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for blessing us. We thank you for giving us the grace and the mercy that you do. Lord, we thank you for uh, this day we've had, this Sunday morning service we had this morning, the hearts and the souls that were here gathered together. 
And even tonight as we study together, Lord, we just pray that you would take this word and I pray that our hearts would be prepared ground and prepared fields ready to receive the seed of your word. And God, I pray that as we receive this word, we would nurture it, we would grow it, and we would maintain this ground, Lord, knowing that you give the increase. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, So we've looked in these verses and we've seen how God intends fellowship one with another and we've seen that exemplified uh, through Paul and his testimony and his conversation with the church here at Philippi. And so Paul, who was the apostle at the time overseeing what's going on here in this church, he's going to send Timothy, uh, the one that he calls his son in the faith, the one that he uh, fellowships together with, he works together with, and the one that he trusts, I believe, wholeheartedly to serve there in Philippi. And so we see some wonderful things about fellowship together and working together and the intention of fellowship together that he tells us beginning back in verse 19. He says, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy as shortly unto you. And so he's going to send Timothy down to Philippi. And let me, let's look at the first, uh, the first mark of this man, Timothy, who's going to be going down to Philippi. First, he is the called man. He's the called man. <coughs> Paul was the final apostle that uh, lived, walked, and breathed upon the earth. Amen? He was the last apostle. There's not an apostle living today. There has not been an apostle living since. What was the requirement of being an apostle? It was to witness and see Jesus Christ and, uh, and in his resurrection, and he did. Uh, on, on that Damascus road, he saw the resurrected Jesus Christ. And so that made him an apostle that gave him the ability to be the apostle. So God is directing him and moving him in ways that he wouldn't other people. God's using him to oversee what's going on uh, with the Philippian church. And so we see first this called man. God, uh, through Paul, is going to in turn use Timothy uh, in the Philippian church. And so the reality is in fellowship, one with another, serving one with another together, first thing that we see here is that a called man is a requirement. A called man is a requirement. It's important that those that do things and those that serve things feel the call and the tug to do things. Uh, We shouldn't be uh, um, um, deacons if we don't feel the call to to serve in the church in that capacity. We shouldn't be pastors and preachers if we don't feel the call to serve in that capacity. Uh, uh, I would say uh, that, that maybe the calling is different but even as far as teaching and doing things uh, you should feel a draw to, to certain things not just uh, what, what do I fit best or what do I what, what do I feel like would be best for me or or somebody to look and see it's not a it's not a football team we're not going to put people uh, here based off of this quality or that quality or whatever I told somebody the other day I've been told this before but um God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. And so the reality is, is that he knows uh, the things that he wants to use you for individually. And so let him call you and let him draw you to, to what it is that, that, that he desires for you to serve him. So the called man first, Timothy, is the one that's being called to go serve in the Philippian church. And so it's an important thing if we don't have the called person, if we don't have somebody that's being drawn to serve in some capacity, whether it be behind the pulpit, as I said, on the deacon board or, or teaching or whatever, uh, we must be cautious and be careful that people uh, that their intentions, even with good intentions, are 
put into a place and a position of leadership. We must make sure that it's the person that God is calling, that the person that God is wanting to use in a position. And there can be good people. There's, there's good people that would make good fits for, for your pastor. There's good people that would make good fits for your deacons. There's good people that would make good fits to play certain instruments. But the reality is, is that we want to make sure that we individually have a draw and a calling to our service to the Lord. And so that's Tim, Timothy. Timothy is being called. He's the called man. And so verse 20, in the first part of verse 20, he says, For I have no man like-minded. I have no man like-minded. And, and now we start to see the fellowship one with another between Paul and Timothy. And how fellowship and service comes together is so beautiful. We see the called man in verse 19, but in verse 20 we see the compatible man. If you want a fellowship and service one with another, we can camp out on this all night long. Because if we want to see fellowship and service one with another, and we want to glorify God, and we want to lift up the name of the Lord, and we want to uh, push forth His mission that He's given us, even as we talked to this morning, we must make sure that we're compatible and what that means, that's a choice that you have to make and that I have to make to be a compatible person. Now, there's, there's, there's uh, mindsets and attitudes and viewpoints and thoughts uh, that are not going to be compatible between me and you on everything in the world. Uh, I hate to surprise you with that. I hate to disappoint you with that. But you ain't going to agree with everybody on everything. Uh, do you agree with your, your spouse on every single thing you talk about? Uh, you say, well, yes, I do. Well, you must be deaf because the reality is uh, uh, you're going to disagree on things. You're going to find things that you don't agree on. You're going to find things that you don't see eye to eye on. And if the, thing, the very thing, the most important uh, connection in your life that you have, which is that spouse uh, that God has given you, if you can disagree with that person, you're going to disagree with everybody. And so there's things we're not going to see eye to eye on. But the reality is, is as we've even talked this morning, thinking about being tenderhearted, uh, it's been talked about even in the past week and other messages, being tenderhearted. The reality is, is I might not be the natural fit that we look for. Do we not look for the natural fit in life? Uh, uh, there's some people, uh, we're just a natural fit. Uh, I met uh, today at lunch today, my childhood best friend, I hadn't seen him in, in 15 years. And uh, we talk over the phone uh, every few months and things, but we sat down and we talked for hours today. Uh, I, I met him around 1 o'clock. We, we got done almost 4 o'clock we were talking. And so there's a natural fit and a natural conversation, and I was blessed to hear the things God's doing in his life. And he's been recently married in the past couple of years, and I've been blessed to hear the things God is doing in his wife's life and how God's growing them. And the reality is, is that we're more compatible than we were when we were growing up because what you see is that there, the, the Spirit of God has been dealing with him and the Spirit of God has been working with him and it's not just a natural fit anymore. It's not somebody that I just like to talk to. Uh, you start to see that when you start meshing spirit and spirit and you start arm in arm working together for the cause of Christ that you're compatible based off of how soft and how tender you are. It even goes back to our message about bitterness. I feel like all these, all these things have just tied together recently. It's a blessing. But it even goes back to that thought about bitterness. You're not going to be compatible with anybody if you're bitter except for other bitter people. And the thing is, you're not going to like them long. You're just going to, misery loves company. I'm glad somebody else is bitter, but then you're going to get mad at them because you're just bitter. And so the reality is, is that what we, what we find here is that being compatible, it's not, just about, uh, it's not just about being a natural fit. There's some people I'm a natural fit with. But what does he say? He says, for I have no man like-minded, like-minded. What do we do when we're searching and seeking after the call and the cause of Christ in our life. We're looking to the cross. 
And when I'm looking to the cross and I'm letting the Spirit deal with me and I'm weeding my garden out and I'm making myself who God is, is desiring and who God is wanting me to be and God begins to send the, the rain and the nutrients begin to be stored inside of me and, uh, and I begin to realize that things are springing up and I'm, I'm becoming closer to Him and I'm more prepared for different things. What happens? You become more like-minded with other Christian people. It takes a called man, but also it takes a compatible man. And it ain't going to always just fit naturally. There's some people in here, if you're not on your A-game spiritually, and I'm not on my A-game spiritually, we're going to clash. Amen? That's just how human beings are. I'll always use myself as an example. I know how I am. Me and Steve, we just clash if we ain't been spiritual in the past week, right? First time I met him, we was clashing, wasn't we, brother? He started it. He started it. He called me trouble the first time I ever met him. I mean, brand new, wet behind the ears, preacher walk up on the steps, and he said, I think you're trouble. <laughs> but me and Steve, when we're doing right, and we're looking for, uh, for the Lord to work in our lives, and we're seeking the Lord each week, man, we get in here, and we're compatible spiritually. We're like-minded. We're on the same page. And so that's why God told Paul, to tell the Philippian church, I'm about to send Timothy. Because he's the called man, the one that God called, and he's a compatible man. He's like-minded. We fellowship together in the gospel to promote the gospel. He's not going to come to you and, and go off the wall and go crazy. He's going to come to you and he's going to serve the Lord. And he's called to do that. He's compatible. We're working together to do that. What do we see next in the last part of verse 20? He says, for I have no man... Like-minded, what does he say? Who will naturally care for your state. He's a called man, he's a compatible man, and he's a caring man. And when you're called and God calls you to do something, and you humble yourself and you make yourself more compatible with people, more like-minded with Christian people, because you're working on yourself, you're hoeing your garden out, what happens is that you begin to reflect a caring man. Paul says there's no other man for the job. He's the called man. He's compatible. We're like-minded. We're fellowshipping one with another. I know, that he, that, that, I know what he'll do, but he loves you like no other. He loves you like nobody else can. He's the man for the job because the way he cares. The caring man. Going a lot faster than I thought. The caring man. Verse 21. He says, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. How true that statement is. Verse 22 says, but ye know the proof of him, that as a son with the father, he hath served with me in the gospel. He's a caring man, and also he's a constrained man. He said the reputation that Timothy has of service is a reputation that he's focused on the main thing. I heard it, somebody here said it, keeping the main thing, the main thing. That's, uh, that's so good. He, uh, Timothy kept the main thing, the main thing. And what he's saying is he's constrained, as we even look back to some messages we preached recently on being constrained to Christ, he's constrained to his call in his life. He's constrained to his compatibility in his life. He's constrained to the care in his life. And so when those three things come together for you, how amazing that is, how we can truly fellowship, not just in passing, not just in good to see, and not just in shaking hands, but fellowship in the gospel in the service to Christ. 
That's the thing. Like, hey, I'm happy we get to stand around and shake hands and hug each other. I love that. But we're going to get to do that in heaven. On the other side of things is while we're up on this earth, we're told to be about the Father's business. And if I'm going to be about the Father's business first, we want to make sure that we're, we're in the right position. We're doing the right thing, the thing that God called us to do, the position that God put us in, the position that God has lifted us to, up to. And you know the thing about being called to positions is it's pretty easy to tell when the people are in the wrong place. You can see it, you can smell it, you can hear it, you, ever, you just, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's pretty clear when the calling's not there. And, and when the calling's not there, then it's very clear that compatibility is not there. If I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, I, maybe I know I'm supposed to be serving somewhere in this church and I'm not abiding uh, by what God's telling me uh, through his spirit and I'm not obedient to what that spirit is telling me, I'm not going to be compatible. Why? Because I'm running away from what God's calling me to do. So I'm gently, strongly nudging you if God's dealing with you about something, if God, God's telling whatever it is, maybe we need to, to, to look at this, maybe we need to pray about this, maybe we need to consider this, maybe I need to go here and volunteer for this, maybe we should go do this for this person. If God's calling you to do that something, you need to do it. Because it's hard to be, uh, you might be a caring person, but you've got to act, you've got to step, you've got to move, you've got to say, hey, Lord, I know I'm not just jumping out on faith, I'm following you. If he's calling you to do something, do it. Compatibility. Maybe you find it so hard and so difficult to, to fellowship. I mean, it, it, it's tough sometimes. Sometimes you just have to paint it on and act like everything's okay. I, I have a hard time with that. Shelby tells me my face shows everything every time. I don't know, but compatibility is hard sometimes. But the reality is, is that you can put it on every day. You can put it on every week. You can put it on every time we open the doors but it doesn't change what's in here. You can smile at everybody and act like everything's okay, shake hands, go on. We, God wants us to change what's in here. And the compatibility aspect is Timothy, he, he is somebody, I believe, he put himself out there to be made and molded into what God wanted him to be because God had called him into what God wanted him to do. And, and there's preachers out there that'll say, well, it's always been inside of you to be this person. Hey, ain't nothing been inside of me except for sin. The reality is, is that when God started dealing with me to call me to do something, God started equipping me to do something, and God started helping me to be more compatible to fellowship together to do something, and God started giving me care to do something, and then you start loving a church like I love Mountain View Baptist Church, and you can't get away from it. You become caring. You become loving. That's where Timothy is. He was called to do it. He had shown himself compatible in the fellowship one with another. And then he ended up caring. You got to be careful. You end up caring if you ain't careful. You end up caring. I'm going to tell you. But he ended up, he ended up caring about them. He ended up loving them. And it's all because he was constrained to Christ. Maybe you don't know what your calling is. Maybe you don't know uh, why you have a hard time fellowship. And maybe you don't know why you don't care. It all goes back to being constrained to Christ. How closely are you walking with him? Your relationship with him is affecting one and all three of those things. You ain't going to know your calling like you're supposed to know if your relationship's not right. You're not going to be compatible like you're supposed to be with other Christians and fellowship like you, unless you're walking close to him. And you're not going to care like you're supposed to care unless you're walking close to him. 
Being constrained to him is the key. And I like what he says here, and we see this in verse 22. He says, but ye know the proof of him, that as a son with the father, he hath served with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. You know Paul's heart is in Philippi, but Paul's sitting in jail. Man, I love this. Every time we come across Paul, we started this when I handcuffed Judd to, to my wrist up here uh, when we started this series. Paul wanted to be down there in Philippi. He loved these people. He wanted to be serving the churches. He's up in jail. And, and there's something on the inside, if we're not careful, that doesn't like somebody else going and serving where we want to be serving. The devil will fight when, it, when you think somebody else... Man, that's, that's where I'm supposed to be. That's what I'm supposed to do. The most tender and kind-hearted person will feel that. The devil will tempt that, that, that thought that, man, they're going to they're gonna go and they're going to steal the hearts of the people. Or, or maybe the devil tried to fight Paul and say, well, well there's Timothy. He's going to go and take over down in Philippi. But what did he say? He says, we're collaborating men. He says he's the called man. He's a compatible man. He's a caring man. He's a constrained man, and he says, we're, co we're collaborating men. He says, you know proof that, that, a proof of him that as a son with the father, he hath served with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently so soon as I shall see how it will go with me, but I trust in the Lord that I, I also myself shall come shortly. They're going to be serving together there at Philippi. He's saying he served with me in the past, he's worked, he's worked with me in the past, and I plan and hope to collaborate and work with him again in the future. It's not about one person. Paul's saying, I, I just want to get to you. I just want to get and serve together with you. I want us to all be together, to fellowship together, to know how you're doing, to see how things are going, to, to worship together, to praise the Lord together, to work together. We must be collaborating people. We've got to be called. We've got to be compatible as far as fellowship. We've got to be caring. We've got to be constrained. And we have to be collaborating because that's the key to fellowship. You can be somebody that, that knows your calling and, and, and you, you fellowship good together and, and, and you know that, that you care and, and people see that you care and you have all these attributes that are great, but you're not somebody that's willing to work together with people. You're, you're wasting your, your potential. We have to be collaborating people. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, when I find out what's going on with me, I'm coming to you and we're all going to serve together. And even here at Mountain View, how can we work on ourselves? He's, even as we look this morning. Are you doing what you're supposed to do? Are you working on yourself and your fellowship? Do you care like you want to and like you used to? Are we constrained like we're supposed to be? We have to be all those things. So that we can collaborate together. We don't work together. Fellowship together. Fellowship's wonderful. The fellowship's great. But the work, that's what reaches people. That's what changes people's lives. Now, that may mean somebody walks in the door. And I, I've heard testimonies of people. I talk to people. And like I said, even some interested in joining the church. People that have joined a church, they, they say, I appreciate how people make me feel there. I appreciate you because... I have visitors in my family and friends that come and come to church here and they walk away and they're like, everybody's so nice. And I'm like, well, I've been here a year. They're still that nice. 
I was looking for a, ju- a bump somewhere. I was looking for somebody, for it all just to change one day. But there's a fellowshipping heart here at this church. And that's a beautiful thing. We've got to be collaborating people to make people feel that way. I believe it pleases the Lord. You say this is simple, 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 but so true. Make sure that we tick these little categories off. I hate to put them in little boxes like that, but that's just the easiest way we can understand them. It's being called, being constrained, being caring. Being, give me another C, cheeseburger, what just come to my mind. <laughs> being these things pleases the Lord with collaboration in mind. Now, we're going to look at a, a Epaphroditus next time. We won't get there today, but we're going to look at Epaphroditus next time. And you see that collaboration, Paul working together with people. And there's some people he worked with and they turned their back on him. There's some people he worked with and they had fallen outs and they came back. And that's what God's teaching me. Is that there's some people I've not gotten along with in the past. But I ain't doing myself any good. Walling around still mad at these people. Because of something that I've done for God. Stuff that happened 10 years. I was talking to somebody they. Talk about things that happen and all these, this, they're going through this storm that I've been through. Five, six, seven years ago, my wife and I went through church stuff. And I said, honestly, I'm to the point I can't hardly remember what happened. What I can remember is I'm still mad about it. <laughs> hey, it goes back to bitterness, don't it? I want to I come here and I want to work, fellowship together. I want to work with you to see things happen, to see people change, to see people touch, to see people reached. I want to work with you. But I got to work on me too. Can I get an amen? amen. We got we to gotta hoe the ground. I can't be serving in my calling like I'm supposed to be if I can't work on myself. I can't be compatible like I'm supposed to be if I won't work on myself. I will not care like I'm supposed to care if I can't work on myself. And we're not going to collaborate together if I can't work on myself. Paul says, hey, could you imagine this today in the American church? Hey, uh, when I got out of jail, <laughs> you, ever, you ever known anybody like that? I've known a few people like that. Maybe it's just people in Lester. When I get out of jail, man, I'll come see you. <laughs> it ain't just Lester. That's tuxedo North Carolina right there, ain't it? He said... When I, get out of, when I get out of here, when, whatever I find, what happens to me? Me, Timothy, Paphroditus, and the Philippian church, we're going to work together. 